0: Welcome to Exploring Arizona Life Science Research and Biodiversity with the Tree of Life Web Project. Hi, I'm Lisa Schwartz, Toll Learning Materials Editor, and this episode features Jeff Hartman and his 9th grade students at City High School in Tucson, Arizona. Jeff and his class fill us in on the fun challenges and opportunities of creating and studying eco-bottles. To check out some eco-bottles while you listen, find out how to build your own, as well as find out how to contribute to Toll Podcasts, visit podcasts.tolweb.org. For related links. The Eco Bottle Project culminated with the class sharing their experiences to help me create this podcast. And then the
1: podcasts were a great way to wrap it up. It gave students a, a creative way, and it also put them on the spot. They had to, you know, they had to come up and, and produce something. And writing is more formal for them. It's really hard. Podcasting and talking is so much more natural. They had fun. They like to talk. Nosotros somos el. Dupal
2: we are now going to take you on a magical journey through our eco-bottle. An eco-bottle is a self-sustaining ecosystem. Our goal is to make a bottle that could sustain itself for two months. Our freshman science class built and observed tiny ecosystems that we created out of ordinary two-liter soda bottles. City High School freshman class is doing an eco-bottle project. The assignment was to build an eco-bottle containing three sections, terrestrial, decomposition, and aquatic. We got to choose what we wanted to include in each section. We did this to see how different species survive in a created habitat. We used six different bottles to create three different habitats, aquatic, decomposition, and terrestrial. Our goal was to make a bottle that could sustain itself for two months. In our decomposition chamber, we used two different composts, one about seven meters high and the other about five centimeters, and placed ten fruit fly maggots into the bottle along with smelly goop. For our aquatic environment, we added 2.5 centimeters of white sand and a 2.5 centimeter layer of aquarium gravel to the bottom. After that, we added six strands of elodia, four aquarium snails, and three ghost shrimp. One was pregnant. We thought the guppies would live and feed off the elodia, and the elodia would live off the water. We thought the elodia would live and grow at a constant rate to maintain a constant height to make up for the elodia eaten by the guppies. We thought the snails would multiply as well and as them cleaning flesh filtering the water. We thought everything would run smoothly and that most of our organisms would survive the duration of the project because of all the preparations we made to ensure their survival, such as researching the environment they need and how each organism would contribute to the food chain. But by the second day, things were gone horribly wrong. What happened? Terrestrial. Over time, the crickets slowly died one by one. As they, as they died, their corpses would disappear by the hands of the other crickets. The grass grew tall and healthy, about 26 centimeters tall.
0: While the students recorded their experiences for the podcast, Jeff and I talked about the project and why it is so effective for students learning.
1: It's a good way as freshmen to get them to understand that ecosystems are very complex things. Many of them said they thought, oh, this would be pretty simple. And of course, very few of them actually built an environment that was successful for you know the couple months we did it.
0: A lot of times it seems daunting to start these kinds of open-ended, messy, hands-on projects that are inquiry-based with kids, even though we know they're so valuable to do. What keeps you going with this? What got you started?
1: Well, I think it's fun, for one. Uh, And it also just provides a great example to use throughout the whole year about food webs and ecosystems and how everything's connected. Also just about the basic scientific process that you have to make, hypothesis, observe the results you know, and then uh, evaluate them and, and make new guesses. We had a theory of that they died
2: because there were too many organisms and not enough oxygen to support them all. If we should ever try again, we'd strengthen our filtration system and plant grass beforehand. Our aquatic is one of the most successful. We put a fish in the eco-bottle four weeks ago, and he is still alive and happy. His name is Billy Bob.
1: You know, yeah, it's messy, and it's, it's hard, but uh, I think it's worthwhile. And the practice writing and observing over a long period of time is also uh, really valuable. You know, after you set up and you make your initial observations, there's, uh, you know, six weeks in the middle where I was trying to get them to come in every day and make observations and get it down to ten minutes or less and and have some real specific things to look for, again, some real quantitative measures.
2: The project lasted from 11 to 06 to 12, 06, 36 days. The objective was to keep as much as we could alive. What we put in the terrestrial is one handful of grass seed, 1.5 cups of soil, eight
1: eight crickets, and two pieces of apple. Of course, eco bottles are just great food for discussion because you know they show us that everything in an ecosystem is interconnected.
2: In the decomposition, we thought that the, we thought it would stay solid and drain and filter to make clean water for the aquatic. We thought it would be visible and not too smelly. We thought the earthworm would live and eat off of the compost and help with filtration. You know it's not all peaches and cream to keep organisms alive. Thank Thank you for listening. listening.
0: Special thanks to Jeff Hartman and his class. Remember, to check out some eco-bottles, find out how to build your own, as well as to find out how to contribute to Toll Podcasts and give us feedback, make sure to visit podcasts.tollweb.org for related links. You can also contact me, Lisa Schwartz, at learning with questions and comments.